Welcome to the Tea Grannies. I'm Elise. And I'm Maria. Today we're here to talk about the differences between traditional versus self-publishing. So pour yourself a cup of tea and let's get started. So neither of us are traditionally published yet, (laughs) and Elise has self-published. Since we have made it to the query process together, we will do our best to sum up the benefits and drawbacks of these two types of publishing. Yeah, so we're going to start with um, the good stuff of traditional, um, because that's typically the big one that everyone wants to talk about. So we're going to jump into some positives and then um, look at some downsides too, because there's always both and it's good to be informed and uh we try to be oh we try um but yes we're (laughs) we're at a slight disadvantage because we haven't been traditionally published so this is all hearsay and from our mentors and friends who have more experience than we do but the benefits of traditional publishing start with the people so in my opinion it's the people going to bat for you your agent when you sign one, um, your publishing team, when you get a book deal, your editor who helps you make your book the best possible thing it can be, your marketers, people that know how to hype something up for the masses, because that's that's a hard job too. speaking from experience for other things. And then professional cover designers who they make the important decisions and they ask the questions that you don't even think to consider because chances are you're not a cover designer. I know I'm not, and I don't know what I'm doing in that area. And having someone who has an eye for it and just does a good job, shout out to Maya for Roots of Blood. Um, She did a really good job and I could never, like I do graphic design in my day job, but I could never do a book cover like that without so much more training and practice than I have. Like it just, it is not something that comes naturally to me. So from my limited knowledge and experience of the publishing world, I would say that that team of people who are, uh, who have your back and who are helping you ask and answer questions that you wouldn't even think of on your own, they are going to be the the biggest plus to that side of things. Yeah. And I think the biggest advantage to uh, like traditional publishing is you generally have an agent. And so you have someone who's familiar with the industry to kind of protect you and work in your best interests and someone to bounce questions off of, you know, you're not walking right into a contract without someone on your side going like, Hey, no, like it should be this for the royalties and the team behind the book as well. So editors, copy editors, the cover designers, all those things that uh, that go into your book being like from your draft to being on the shelf. Mm-hmm. There's quite a few steps between those two things. And uh, the other upside is they take care of paying you as well. <laughs> so you get your regular paychecks from the publishing house or from, goes through your agent and then your agent takes their cut uh, and then you're good to go with that. So there's probably more benefits to having a traditional publishing deal. uh, But since we don't have one yet, that's kind of all we can vouch for um, based on what we've learned from like writing conferences and things like that Mm -hmm. too. So Mm -hmm. it is kind of where what everybody wants, but it's not always possible. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. What everybody wants, not always possible and probably not as much of a, you know, be all end all as we think it is like we like to we like to put these things on pedestals and make it out to be this great and glorious thing but once you get into it everything has its downsides like we've said so we're gonna 
go there next. Let's uh, <laughs> let's be some Debbie Downers. Let's rain on some parades. No, but um, it's important to remember. It's important to consider, and I find it really helpful to have these reminders mm. because it helps me just weigh my expectations and keep a better outlook, a more rounded. Um, and overall more positive outlook because when I think about the ma- the negatives, I'm considering a bigger picture and I'm not amping things up to be something that they're not, which will ultimately disappoint me in the end. So <laughs> that is a long-winded way of getting to the downsides of traditional publishing. Um, and I'm going to start with marketing, which I should have clarified before. You do get access to marketing professionals. I'm assuming that you get, you can probably pick their brains. You can um, ask some questions. But my overall impression from what we've learned is that that access is limited. And there's this false assumption that people make that um, when you get traditionally published, they market your book for you. They put it on billboards. They uh, spread the word. And you don't have to do that. Um, yeah, no, marketing... As far as I understand, it still falls largely on the author's shoulders. That's why when you're querying agents, they like to say that it's really important to establish or identify your platform as an author, especially if you already have one. Like if you've been on podcasts, if you've been published in magazines or online, or if you've done some self-publishing that has done well, they'll want to hear about that because they know, oh, you're already established. You already have an audience. Um, You're going to have more people willing to buy your book than somebody that no one's ever heard of before who's never made an appearance at a conference or on any other writing related platform so platform 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 that can be such a huge a huge piece of why an agent is interested in your query and why they're interested in your in your manuscript Um, at the same time they say like that's not everything and if you don't have experience and you don't have that platform that doesn't mean you won't get a book deal like there's plenty of debut authors who no one's ever heard of before so I think they only mention it as like uh, if you can get a head start on this this is going to benefit you so if you can do it go for it kind of thing but um, yeah that all ties back into the marketing piece of the publisher isn't going to do it all for you they have so many books on the docket so many books that they're trying to be excited about that they can't put all of their energy into just one and essentially as I understand it after launch day they don't really talk about your book anymore and it's all on you so if you think that that team is just gonna like pave the way for you and to guts and glory I don't know I don't know how people think about this then um yeah that's gonna be a disappointment and brushing up on your marketing skills and learning how to sell yourself and sell your work is going to be a huge benefit to you in the long run. Mm -hmm. And this is mostly uncomfortable for us writers because I feel like most of us are introverts. And so (laughs) talking about ourselves, selling ourselves feels really wrong and like uncomfy. Um, But it's something I think that's why it's important to get a head start on your social media platform so you can get a little more comfortable doing it before you speak to an agent, before you possibly get signed. It's going to help you. Maybe you don't have that many followers, but it's going to help you make progress and that's important um so yeah the one of the other downsides that uh i'm kind of envisioning here is like you won't have full control over everything and i think maybe if you're writing a series or something this might become more of a problem Mm -hmm. um i'm sure we've all read a series where we're like why did that happen and i sometimes (laughs) think that that was pushed for by someone else involved in the project and not the writer themselves but that's just a suspicion just my guess um, and the other thing, uh, we both started listening to this podcast called The Shit No One Tells You About Writing, mm-hmm. which has been super fun and I recommend it. 
Um, and they were talking about how advances work and how the money is not as good as you think. Like you always hear mm -hmm. about the writers that have sold their book for like half a million dollars and is optioned for TV and stuff. Um, but more commonly you get like a $5,000 advance and the best part about that is they pay that out over a year. So you get that split into four payments. <laughs> So, I mean, I wouldn't count on your advance hmm. to like pay your mortgage or rent. Okay? Yeah. So that's the thing um, that they don't talk about a lot uh, in the publishing industry. So there was a trending Twitter hashtag going around uh, quite a while ago. It's hashtag publishing paid me, which highlighted the vast difference in advances that white authors received in comparison to people of color mm -hmm. uh, for similar projects. So some of them were like, I think, you know, five grand for, for a person of color and then 50 grand for a white author yeah so it really kind of <laughs> highlighted an issue yeah. in the publishing industry yeah um and one of the other things about traditional publishing is that it moves at a glacial pace as i'm sure many of you who have queried already know um and so i'm not trying to discourage you from pursuing traditional publishing i just think that it's not a perfect industry just like any industry and i think it's best to go in with your eyes wide open So that kind of covers what we know about traditional publishing, ups and downs, things to consider. Um, and now we're just going to transition to something a little closer to home that we have a little bit more information about because um, I've actually self-published something. So, you know, that's progress. Let's dive into some benefits and some downsides of that so that we can have a more rounded picture and set our expectations a little better. So... Upsides to self-publishing, you are a god, but no, you're definitely not. I'm just kidding. You're actually more of like a reigning monarch than a god because you're not really omniscient. You just control everything and get to make the choices. But then when the algorithm gods play with your marketing more than you even think they can, um, god, god status is kind of out of reach for us. So um, as much as it feels very empowering uh, to have control of something... There, there is a limit to the control, but that that is one of the biggest benefits to self-publishing is just the sheer amount of control that you do have. It's quite staggering. Um, and as we said, like traditional publishing moves so slowly um, and a lot of people get hung up on this. Getting an agent and then getting a book deal takes a couple of years. Um, but then going through the work of getting the book actually physically ready for publishing takes even more time, could take years. Um, so you're looking at quite the long haul. Whereas with self-publishing, you set a date and as long as you're disciplined enough and committed to your goals and plan things out the right way, you will meet that goal. And then, I mean, you can pump out a book in less than a year if you want to. Um, and with traditional publishing, that is impossible. I guarantee you that's not going to happen. So um, yeah, you're in control of the timeline. You're in control of uh, the process. And if you want to speed things up, you can absolutely do that if it's within your power. And then further on the control subject, you're in control of what success looks like. And this is maybe my favorite benefit. And it highly depends on your, your mental picture of success and what's important to you, whether it's healthy or not, that's totally up to you and your brain um, and your therapist maybe. But if you decide on like 
what a successful book launch looks like and throw yourself at that and do everything you can in your power to make it succeed. You're not having to live up to a publisher's expectations or fans' expectations of what it should look like or what the turnout should be um, or anything else. Like you you are setting that bar and you're free to rise above it if the opportunity like comes across. But you don't have to freak out about meeting these expectations that you don't like or you don't understand or you're not feeling ready for them because you're setting the bar. You're in control of that and you get to say whether it was a success or not. Um, so it's still always good to decide beforehand what does success look like for me? What do I need to do to make it happen? Because otherwise um, it's really hard to decide if you did well or not if you didn't know in advance what is good. But the good thing is that you, you can kind of shuffle that you can shift it as you need to and um no one's there to tell you that you can't so uh you have that freedom and like when i decided to publish roots of blood and the rest of the series myself um the way that i chose to frame it was as this big experiment so as a result i am not very concerned about how many copies i've sold since i published book one um and anyways general best practice is you publish book one and then you get to work on book two and that's going to help you drive sales of book one as you grow and as you publish more so that's what I'm doing and because my success isn't tied to a total number of sales or reviews um, I can do that pretty distraction free I'm not really worried about over marketing or under marketing my first book because well the only thing I'm really caring about right now is my second book so those elements of control are my favorites yeah I think that's probably the biggest plus uh, for self-publishing is the control and you can do everything right to like your page setup and your you know if you want to have illustrations under your chapter numbers and like just write down to everything it's all under your control uh, and yeah you don't have to play the waiting game like waiting for agents to get back to you about your query waiting for them to sell your book if you sign with them and then waiting going through all the steps of getting your book published you're just doing those steps you're just kind of cutting up the middleman so mm -hmm. to speak and yeah you can use your book to help you build your social media platform which is something that I never considered before I felt like you'd have to build your platform first and mm -hmm. then you'd be able to sell your book on it but it's kind of you can do it the other way around as well mm -hmm. which is kind of interesting for sure and uh yeah and if you're writing a series you don't have to wait so long in between and your readers don't have to wait so long right so you can you can stick to your deadlines and and your editing and get everything out on the the time frame that you've made you can turn that trilogy out in like a couple years and people will love that if they mm -hmm. love your writing mm -hmm. um which is exactly what you're doing and it's awesome <laughs> <laughs> and then the other benefit of self-publishing is you can help your friends out so this is something maybe people haven't even considered but we have a friend that does cover design, like our friend Maya, mm -hmm. boom, doing cover design. Um, you know, like you edit all my stuff. So like you're my editor and like we can, you can do these things to help grow each other's business. But then that also comes with the <laughs> beware sign of be a little cautious when you work with your friends mm -hmm. and make sure that you're being fair and the expectations are clear and payment is clear. Yeah. So if you're doing like a I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine situation. Make sure you're clear about what that means as well. Um, and then if you're going to pay each other, like, sure, like throw your friend a discount or whatever, but don't sell your services short either. Mm -hmm. So I think there's an important boundaries to be set there if you want to do that. But I think it's a nice thing to do, um, kind of get everybody in on the project. It's nice. Absolutely. Yeah. I like it. 
It's the best part. Um, yeah, the only reason that I was really interested in self-publishing is probably because I knew I had people who were also interested, who could lend skills and help me do it yes. in a way that was, you know, less less daunting, I guess. That's where uh, having like a writing community comes into mm-hmm. play. That we've, we've talked about this probably in every single episode because yep. we're so big on this. But if you are doing this 100% by yourself, you're going to find self-publishing way more daunting mm-hmm. than if you have a writing community of people you know that edit or people you know that will do some beta reading for you, cover design, like all of that kind of stuff. And just people who's you can talk to about like their experience, what platforms yeah. they use. Like yeah. just having that is is a huge help too. Yeah. And if you're doing it all by yourself, another thing that is going to be a problem is it's going to be expensive if you want to do it well. So that yeah. this brings us yes. very nicely into the downsides of self-publishing since we have um, now trumpeted all of the benefits. But if you're doing everything yourself, Um, that means you're also doing all the legwork for outsourcing the things that you personally cannot or are not qualified to do. And there will be those things like you're not, you're not a machine. I'm I'm pretty sure you're not a machine. You can't do it all. I can't do it all. There's no way. Um, and I wouldn't want to, because as much as like the amount of control that you have is a staggering positive, it's also a double-edged sword because you have to do everything. That doesn't mean you have to design the cover yourself, but then you have to do the work to find a cover designer and talk about concept and do all those emails and do all that communication all on your own. And pay them. And pay them. And that's where we get back to the money. But whereas if you were with a traditional publisher, that would all be, you wouldn't have to work out money for that. And some of those conversations would happen without you um, because you're, you're, you're not fully in control the way you are with self-publishing. So yeah, full control is the upside and the downside for self-publishing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gotta love that. Um, you have to do all of those things or hire them out uh, if you can afford to do it. And I mean, I strongly suggest that if there's a weak spot for you, you hire out and get someone mm-hmm. to help you with that because you don't want to put your book out into the world when it's not ready, um, which I'm going to get to in a second. But, you know, if you're a new writer and you and you haven't been traditionally published or self-published or anything, you're kind of new to the whole thing, um, you're going to be lacking some of the knowledge that even unpublished experienced writers have already gathered things that we learned from conferences and other writers and social media and things like that. So it's important to make sure you do your research mm-hmm. and uh, critical thinking along with your research. Don't just believe everything that you read. <laughs> and if someone says, I'll sell your book, I'll, I'll make you sell a hundred copies. You just have to pay me a thousand dollars. Don't do it. No, no, don't fall for that stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's a lot of writers out there who uh, plan to self-publish or have already self-published and they haven't done some of the very key things mm-hmm. like getting feedback from beta readers right. or having their manuscript edited by someone else. Mm-hmm. And if you don't think that's important, have I got news for you? You will not catch <laughs> all the mistakes in your own work. You just won't. We're not superhuman. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. And when you look at your work for so long, you are going to miss stuff. Like I have edited my last draft like many, many times. And then I put it into Word. I sent it to you. And then I was like, oh, there's a double, like double up of words and just stuff like that I hadn't even seen. And uh, yeah, like as a as a reader, um, I do read like a good amount of self-published books. And it is distracting when there's spelling errors and bad layout or like oh, repeated paragraphs, like that kind Ooh. of stuff has to be caught before you hit publish it's so important yeah and that will make me go well I don't really want to finish reading this because I don't really want to 
read all th all through these mistakes. <laughs> Not my favorite. And so make sure you do your homework and and remember that like marketing yourself is a tough thing to do. Um, and even though you do have to do this when you're traditionally published, it's more important, I think, if you're self-published because you don't have a publishing house behind you. Um, and this is where it gets into making sure that you are using reliable people for your editing, your cover design or anything like that, just so that you, you're already going to feel a little overwhelmed and there's already mm -hmm. a lot of things on your plate when you're doing it right from scratch, right? So you want to make sure that you've got a good support team because you're going to build your own team rather than having one with a publishing house. Yeah, so after downloading all of that information and what other, whatever other sources you're getting your information from and whatever you've already thought about these two things, um, these two different angles, the biggest question, I guess, for a lot of people is... Um, what's best for me? What's right for me as a person? Am I going to be more um, more successful or more content with the traditional route? Or do I want to try self-publishing? And would that be a good choice for me? And I've seen a lot of people post this question on their social media um, as they're going through the querying journey. They're trying to figure out which one do I choose? Which one's better? Um, and the, the disappointing answer that they probably get pretty quick is like, it depends. Um, there is no, there is no right or wrong answer for you. Um, you have to kind of put the pieces together and decide what um, what you want and whether your um, the path that you're choosing will get you there. Um, so when I first started pursuing the idea of getting published seriously, my favorite advice came from our mentor in the writer's studio program from Eileen Cook. And basically what she told me was like, start at the top, work your way down. Um, aim for the best of the best, aim for the big five publishers, try and get yourself in there. And then if that doesn't happen, try for a smaller press, try for something a little bit less well-known. And then if that still doesn't happen, you can always, always, always self-publish. Like that is, that is always an option to you. The traditional publishing route might not work out, but Self-publishing, if you want it badly enough, you can do it because you can do it all by yourself if you choose to. So I chose to use that as kind of my framework and just, you know, start at one end, work my way down because there's that there to catch me. Um, Self-publishing is always there to catch me if my the most important thing to me is getting a book out there. So I queried a couple of projects. I focused on this goal for a couple of years um, and I am still aiming for a traditional published book. Like I'd love to see that happen for myself. I have some projects on the back burner that I intend to take on that route and see where they can go. But Maria and I attended the Surrey International Writing Conference online last year. And um, one of the talks that we attended was with Brandon Sanderson, a wonderful fantasy author. If you haven't read his stuff already, we've probably recommended him enough times by now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he happened to be at, at the, the conference and he was giving a talk on the same thing that we're talking about today. Um, and his advice changed my perspective again, because I'd been kind of going back and forth on what I wanted to do, whether I wanted to stick with the traditional route or try out some self-publishing. And um, some days uh, I was very much against the idea of doing it all myself. And that sounded like way too much work and effort. And I didn't want to market myself. And other days it was like, well, I'd have to market myself either way. So why don't I just try it out? And I could not for the life of me uh, decide. So then uh, Brandon's advice was basically he advocated for a hybrid model. So especially for new authors just starting out, the um, the publishing industry has been changing 
over the last little while with advancements in digital technology has been changing so, so much. And self-publishing is so different from what it used to be. Like it's gained this respect and this notoriety that it didn't have before. Um, and I don't think people expected it to get that big or to, to, to gain that respect, to be, actually be a viable avenue. And then now traditional publishing has this whole this whole pool of competition that it didn't have before and it has to contend with. That's something to consider too. So he was he was building in this idea of a hybrid model being the most beneficial because then if anything ever goes wrong with the pub, the traditional publishing side of things, you have your self-publishing side to fall back on and it's kind of the security deal and um, you can build out your own audience separate from your publisher and all these different things. So we had a lot of really good advice in there and, um, and that, that swayed me. Um, that swayed me quite a bit. Um, so then we got to talking about it and we shared notes and decided that like, you know, that was something we're interested in pursuing. And so then, you know, the rest is history, whatever. I decided to self-publish a book and here we are. Um, (laughs) and it's on my list too. If, if I don't Mm -hmm. get an agent with the next project I'm querying, like self-publishing is on my goal list because, Mm -hmm. I mean, you kind of got to be the guinea pig. (laughs) I wasn't ready. Um, but I think that it's, it's nice to know it's there and it's Mm -hmm. nice to see the success of it. And like, it's an option option and it's a good option and it's doable and, you know, approachable more so than it was before. Um, yeah. But that being said, maybe you're not interested in self-publishing at all. And that's totally okay. Like this is where I think the conversation of future planning and goal setting and what you want becomes the most important. And that's why this question of like, which one's right for me, which one should I do? It becomes so personal and so subjective so quickly. Um, the biggest thing that I, th- the biggest question that I think has to be answered, which I've spent a lot of time with for myself is why do you want to be published in the first place? What are you hoping to gain from that experience? Um, and then will your decision of traditional versus self-publishing get you there or not? And then if it doesn't, okay, which one will and how do you need to reevaluate because like are you wanting worldwide acclaim do you want tv and radio interviews on all the popular platforms um do you want meet and greets with the most famous authors and publishing professionals like what what drives your desire to publish your work in the first place because getting some of those things may or may not be possible depending on which way you go so for me the piece i keep coming back to is uh, i'm going to write whether or not i get a book deal I do it all the time anyways. I've been doing it all the time for years and that was when no one was reading it. Now some people are reading it and I keep doing it because it's, you know, it's fun. It's what I enjoy. I love creating stories and characters and worlds and I'm not going to stop whether I like, yeah, I'm not going to stop before I get published. So I'm not going to stop after either. And my goal is just kind of, I don't know, maybe it's kind of pathetic in some ways, but it's also simple and easy to carry out. I want to write fantasy novels and, that I would want to pick up off the shelf. And if even one person enjoys reading them, then I've found success. That's always kind of been my my bar. It's a very low bar. And I set it that way on purpose because I know I can, I can achieve it. And why not see if I can make some cash while doing it? Um, and yeah, sure, I've reached that goal. I um, I have nine reviews of Roots of Blood on Goodreads, yay. And um, I know that one more than one person at least <laughs> enjoyed it. And I've sold over 40 copies, so I made a little bit of money. And that's like, okay, I, so I've proven to myself that I can do it. Um, so now I need to reevaluate a little bit. I've met that goal and I have to construct my next goal. Okay, publishing book two, how much do I want to improve? What do I, I just kind of want to see where it goes and because it's still an experiment for me. So I guess I set a goal that can't go wrong. And maybe that's where you want to start. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, goal setting is just, 
I think it's the most important piece. That's the only thing I wanted to like get out there in the first place. We talked about that in our goal setting episode. Um, mm-hmm. No, I think it's important to kind of set the bar on the floor for stuff like this because <laughs> too many of us think it's going to be an overnight sensation and I'm going to get a TV show and like my favorite author is going to call me and say, this was fantastic. Mm-hmm. So I think that we all like, that's always that you're, you're, secret little hopes, right? But I think it's important to have an actual realistic goal that you can reach because there is nothing more confidence destroying than setting that goal all the way at the top. And then you just don't even never get there. Don't even come close. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to be realistic if you're going to self-publish, especially because it is a little bit of an experiment. And I know like the successful self-published writers, it usually takes them a few books before they mm-hmm. get like a consistent readership. Mm-hmm. And so I think you kind of got to play the long game a little bit. Absolutely. Uh, it's not going to be like an overnight sensation thing. I think yeah. it's important to remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when you're trying to decide if this is right for you, one of my suggestions is to at least go through the query process before you start going down the road for self-publishing. This is mostly so that you get a taste for polishing your work. Mm -hmm. Um, You write a synopsis, you write a query, Mm -hmm. you uh, look at what agents like to read. You do, you end up doing a lot of interesting research when you're getting ready to query. And I think that's an important step to go through and you get a feel for the market for your story. You have to find comparative titles like, what is your book like that's already out there? Mm-hmm. Um, and those are all things you're actually going to need for self-publishing anyway. So in a way, you're kind of doing yourself a favor. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it also, if you're lucky, a couple agents might give you a little feedback, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, if they, maybe some will ask you for a partial or full manuscript. And even if you ultimately get rejected, um, you know your project is in contention at least. And you know that you're kind of on the right track. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's kind of important to do as well. You want to get a little guess of where you're at progress-wise before you go ahead and dive into self-publishing. So a lot of people self-publish before they're ready. <laughs> uh, so I, I love to like binge like on Kindle Unlimited uh, when I'm procrastinating usually. And uh, there's a lot of great self-published works on there. And there's like, for example, there's um, this woman that writes Pride and Prejudice Variations and they are freaking fantastic. They are so good. I love her. She's just got such a great voice. And so hers are perfectly polished. There's no mistakes, nothing. Like she doesn't have crazy fancy covers or anything, but it's edited and it's turned out very well. And it's a very well-written story. And then there's some that I read that have, like I mentioned earlier, like spelling mistakes or uh, basic editing mistakes, just things that make your work look unprofessional. Mm -hmm. So if you wouldn't query an agent with a manuscript full of spelling errors, why would you publish it like that? So I think have to be right. It's it's always, oh, I'm so excited to get my book out. And that's great. But you should really go through the steps first. You want to be as good as you can possibly make it. You don't want your reviews to say, well, I was awfully distracted by the terrible spelling in paragraph three, and Mm. then I put it down. You want your reviews to actually talk about your story and Mm -hmm. writing. And it's something we do like actually with horseback riding and competitions and stuff is we always talk about like having like all our tack is clean and in good repair and it's ready to go. The horse is clean. The horse has been for a walk or a ride already. You've but you've had breakfast, you're hydrated, you've looked at your course, you've learned it, you've talked to your coach, you get on 30 minutes early so you're not rushed. You do all those things to create success in the show ring. And that's the same thing when it comes to this. You want to do all those steps 
So you're setting yourself up for success instead of failure. And that's something that's going to be very important if you're if you're doing self-publishing. For sure. And um, yeah, so when it comes to preparing your book, just another note, even though we talk about it like every episode, <laughs> find a workshop group and beta readers and take their feedback seriously, um, yeah. even if you disagree with it. <laughs> so this is something else. You don't want the first people to read your book uh, to be someone who buys it on like Kindle Unlimited. <laughs> you want it to be read before that. So either choice can be the right one for you. Um, I'm in a place where I'm going to try one more time to get an agent before I self-publish. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that being said, I will continue to try for an agent, even if I do that, Uh, just because, you know, there's no hard or fast rule about it. You can keep querying agents and then self-publish another project. There's no rules there. Uh, And it's your career. So it's your choice how you want to proceed. Absolutely. And that's the tea on traditional versus self-publishing. All links will be in the show notes and you can reach us anytime at theteagrannies at gmail.com or follow us at theteagrannies podcast on Instagram. Please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. This is the last episode of season one. So join us in October for our first episode of season two. Nanorimo prep. We're very excited. But for now, it's time to put the kettle on. So we'll see you soon. And happy writing. Bye.